so thank you for being so gracious uh, to join me now. I want you just to start, maybe help those of us who don't know you so well. Tell us about your journey, how life before Sabbath and all that. All right? Can you do that? Yes. Okay, yes. just start. Yes. Good morning, everyone. Ah, nice. Can I see some smiles? Yes, yes. The smiles help me. Thank you, thank you. Um, so my name is Lauren Kretzinger. I've been with Solana Community Church since 2009. Uh, I had moved away for about three years there, but my heart never left. So I've been with Solano, you know, really for 10 years or so. Um, I, you know, first and foremost, I'm a beloved daughter of God, and I'm your sister in Christ. Yeah, amen. Uh, secondly, I am the, the wife of the man of my dreams right there. All right. Ray Kretzinger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, also, I also, I'm also the mommy of, of an almost five-year-old named Juniper. You might have seen her running around. She's got curly hair. So that's my, that's my girl. That's our girl. Um, in addition to that, I, I also happen to be an executive director of a, a nonprofit organization that partners with various counties to do social work and mental health and foster care and educational services across the state of California. Uh, so we work with the child welfare system, the juvenile justice system, uh, the education systems and mental health systems uh, to do that. So I, I come to you today really as a, a non-expert uh, about Sabbath, but, but certainly with humility to share what I have learned in my journey and, and the journey that God has brought me along on. So my Sabbath journey yeah. started about four years ago. Uh, and picture that, all the identities and the work I'm doing and the stuff I'm trying to juggle, I was really striving as a mom, as a wife, as someone who's working more than 40 hours outside of my home. I was managing tasks and responsibilities. I had to-do lists and I had calendars and various tabs in my notebook to keep track of everything. But what, what was a real struggle was building in uh, time for self-care. And so really what, what was happening in that is I was exhausted. I was functioning sort of on all cylinders and just tired, really tired. I couldn't find the work-life, community, spiritual balance I was looking for. And so I interpreted that as failure. I was failing. I was working as hard as I could and I was failing. Um, I was experiencing pressure, pressure from myself and I think the secular world to somehow figure that out. And so as I was trying to figure it out and doing all of that in my own devices, I was doing that without God um, uh, and doing it independently. And what happened in that process is that it, it pulled me into isolation, not only from God, but also from my community. And so I was sort of holed up on my own, trying to figure it all out to find some balance that, that didn't exist. Um, so it was, it was about then that God started stirring up in me that he didn't want this from me. Uh, he didn't want this for me. He didn't want me to live this life like this. Um, I wasn't actually free. I wasn't living in freedom, nor was I allowing others to see that. Um, and I wasn't joyful. I wasn't joyful. I was stressed and overwhelmed. Um, he didn't see me happy very often. So it was in a women's retreat a few years ago where Jackie Knapp uh, had mentioned Sabbath and had talked about Ruth Haley Barton's uh, Sacred Rhythms. And that was when I first sort of heard of Sabbath, but at the time I dismissed it because I thought, ah, that's just another thing I have to do. And I, I can't, I can't like, put that puzzle piece into the mix. Um, uh, so no, I can't do that Sabbath thing. 
And then I had the great honor and privilege of being a part of Pastor Dante and Bev's uh, interview panel for the role that he's in now. And uh, it was in that interview panel, uh, and Kim and, and Johnny Wawaki might remember, you talked about Sabbath, uh, you both did. And, and that's, it was around that time when God started really prompting me to think like, what is this Sabbath thing? Maybe this is a thing I should think about, because clearly trying to do it in my own devices isn't working. Um, so that's how it started. And then I started to, I started to dig in, right? And, and one of the verses that has been my guiding verse this, most, of the, most of this whole journey is the one that was uh, read this morning. It's Isaiah 58, 13, 14. This morning, uh, the ESV version was read. Uh, and I really also like the message version. So I'm going to read, I'm just going to read that really quick in the message. If you watch your step on the Sabbath and don't use my holy day for personal advantage, if you treat the Sabbath as a day of joy, God's holy day as a celebration, if you honor it by refusing business as usual, making money, running here and there, then you will be free to enjoy God. Oh, I'll make you ride high and soar above it all. I'll make you feast on the inheritance of your ancestor Jacob. Yes, God says so. That's, That's where it started. So with uh, God's word, I love there uh, that you have rooted this in scripture. But from that, where did God lead you? All right, how did, you, how does, how did he speak and help you to just break that apart? This is where it gets good, uh, and, and this, is, this is a journey that I'm very, very thankful for, and part of why I'm so excited to share it with you. So, you know, if I say, if you take nothing else away from today, uh, I think God wants you to, to know and to understand that, that Sabbath is, is meant to be a joyous celebration of our union with God, the abundance of his love, what's going to come, and the hope of the kingdom, the coming kingdom. And it's really meant to be, Sabbath is meant to be a posture toward the Lord with his glory really being the lens through which we experience the day, the world, or perceive anything around us. Um, and done with delight. Um, I, you know, I think that's the main takeaway. There have been sort of four other main points that I think uh, God has led me to understand. And to capture those, uh, our brother Martin developed this beautiful handout uh, that you should have on your chair. So this chart indicates to you or shows you what I'm trying to capture here is what Sabbath is and Sabbath, what Sabbath isn't. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that God has taught me along the way. And I've tried to break it down in this form just to make it easier. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize these into four main points. So the first one, I think, if you look at numbers one and three, one, two, and three, I think that... that or God has led me to see that although Sabbath is a biblical commandment, it isn't meant to be rigid requirement or something that we're doing to earn us good favor from God. It's something we already have. It's a gift to receive, uh, not something to take or earn love. If you look at Numbers 3 and 4, kind of a combination there, 
And like Dante said in his opening, Sabbath isn't a self-care day or a day off or a holiday or a vacation. It's not an escape from your life. It's not something you take. You know, you take a vacation. You take a self-care day. You take a spa day. Um, but, but really, Sabbath is something we're given if yeah. we're just humble enough to receive it. And it's something, something we already have. Uh, Sabbath is meant to be a separation from the mundane. It's an intentional choice to enter into the glory of God. I have an example of doing a self-care day as I was trying on Sabbath and experimenting with it. I had, I had thought that if I just did a mani-pedi and a massage and went out to lunch and then got drinks with girlfriends, um, that somehow that would you know, be my Sabbath. And, and I tried that more than once. Um, <laughs> but I was exhausted. So, so in reflection with God after those times, you know, it was still like, no, Lauren, this, that's not it. Like, that's not what that's I good. have for that's you. Uh, you know, because I was tired after those things. Don't get me wrong. They felt, it was great. It felt good, you know, but I was still exhausted. And it, it didn't get to the core of um, what God wanted for me. Uh, so the third, the third component I think that's uh, particularly important is if you look at numbers 5, 6, and 7, uh, Sabbath ideally is a 24-hour period. It is a holy day. Um, it's, not, it's not meant to be a rigid 24-hour block of time at the same time every week in which you do the exact same things. It's not meant to be uh, rigid like that. Um, one thing that gets that uh, I learned about was something called the secular rhythm and the sacred rhythm. When you think about the sacred rhythm, you think of creation being, you know, six days of work, one day of rest, delight, and what had what had happened, um, and and that's what's wanted for us is that sort of uh, rhythm: six days on, one day Sabbath; six days on, one day Sabbath. You picture calendar, right? You can see it on the calendar with that consistent day. Um, and, and a secular rhythm, uh, like you described, Dante, is, is really about, you know, we work, 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 weeks, weeks, weeks on end, and then maybe we have a week off or two weeks off of a vacation. Um, but that happens sporadically yeah. and, and maybe had some planning around it, but really isn't about um, restoring or resting or delighting in the Lord like Sabbath is. So I would say, although it's a 24-hour time period, it's important to start somewhere. Sabbath can start with moments, minutes, hours. Even a mini Sabbath is, is something we'll get to talk about. Um, but not having a full day isn't an excuse not to prioritize this practice. You've got to start somewhere. Um, so my Sabbath runs from Friday evening to Saturday evening. Um, and that's hard to do, uh, but when I do that, and I do that consistently in a rhythm, uh, I notice differences in the way I'm grounded, in the way I'm rested, my focus on Jesus, my, my energy, my balance, my engagement, my community, my productivity at work gets better. Um, all of those things happen even after like two weeks of a, a two to three weeks of a pretty consistent Sabbath practice when I'm in the rhythm. Yeah. So the fourth component is... Okay, okay, no, yeah. no, 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 that rhythm, see... I was waiting for it. I was waiting for the Christmas tree. <laughs> All right. There's something about um, the joy that you find in having your rhythm. How would you describe that when you know you are Sabbathing? It's like I'm. <laughs> it's like I'm on fire. I mean, I I get lit up like a Christmas tree, and and you'll feel it. Mm. You will if. 
if I'm in my Sabbath, you will feel my groundedness and my presence. You'll feel my stability, or you sort of my, yeah, my stability. You won't see me feeling anxious or angsty yeah. or worried or stressed. All that goes away. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just centered um, on the Lord. I have, I have a bigger perspective, long-term perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you'll feel that. And, and maybe you'll see it, because I walk around pretty smiley. Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Many would describe it as a taste of heaven, a taste of eternity, because we're aligning ourselves with God's rhythm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's this, like as he walked through the garden, looking at all that he had created, and said, this is very good. Man, this is good. And you know what? Seven day, I'll make it better. That's what I'll do. I'll make it better. No. I'm stopping so I can now savor all that I've created. And now he's given that for us to do. Six days you work, be faithful. And on the seventh day, rather than doing more to get ahead for next week, that's what we'd like to do, get ahead, right? Mm -hmm. You say, no, I'm going to stop and savor God around me, God through people. Good food. Yeah. 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 That's a nice rhythm. I love that. Nice yeah, savor, taste, <laughs> a piece of heaven. So I want to, I want to, I'm curious, we, we talk about this and it sounds like something like, sign me up. Uh, but I really wonder what you're thinking. So I, we got a question for you to reflect on, okay? Um, what would you do for a 24-hour period? If only the criteria you had was to seek, pursue joy and delight. You got it, right? What would you do with it? I want to give you just a few minutes or so to think about that. You've got your reflection piece of paper that you can take notes, write. But I want you to dream right now. you had some time to dream. Keep dreaming. Uh, Laura, I want you to share some more of what you found on your journey yeah. about this. Yeah, sure. So uh, for me, as I was learning that Sabbath is about delight and play and rest and sort of orienting my whole self to, to worship, because Sabbath is also worship, um, you know, I was, I, my work includes um, a, a high level of sort of destruction and brokenness uh, every day. 
And so the burdens and responsibilities I carry um, are great, especially when I'm trying to do it myself. Um, uh, and so Sabbath for me is really helpful in reorienting me toward um, God and uh, that those burdens are his um, and not mine. Um, and uh, helps me, uh, keep me in check in that way. And so Sabbath pulls me out of kind of my own place and uh, into delight. And, the, and there are two ways in particular I structure my Sabbath that helps with this. One involves, um, for those of you who are around children or have children, uh, you might be relate to this, um, playing on the floor with my daughter, June, um, literally laying on the floor with her and entering into her creative world, whether she's playing unicorns or mermaids or um, building towers that have weird things going on in them. If I enter into her world and do that with her, that innocence and joy and play, um, there's nothing that like takes me out of my own head more than that. Um, the other thing for me in, in an ideal Sabbath is that I'm getting to the ocean. And uh, I have a special relationship with the ocean. I grew up in San Diego and spent a lot of time there uh, growing up. But um, I... I um, you know, I am a sinner, and, and pride is one of my biggest sins. And um, there is something about facing the ocean and seeing it and hearing it and smelling it that uh, I'm able to instantly sort of recognize the vastness of what's out there before me and how sort of small and unimportant I am. So there's something about being in the presence of the ocean and hearing those waves that sort of gets me off my high horse of pride, uh, recenters me. Um, so I'm curious, you had a little time to dream. What did you come up with? Anybody want to share? I know we've, we've, we have introverted people who may not want to, so that's OK. But for the extrovert, <laughs> anyone want to share? What, what is a Sabbath? What would that look like for you, a 24-day hour? OK, we got one. Hey, my man, uh, Mark. Well, I focused on the deepest joy, and for me to tap into that it starts with taking a long run because the long run releases the stress that's built up uh, yeah. over the week. And also, it kind of clears my head, lets me focus, and I do my best thinking when I'm running. So and when I'm done with that long run, hopefully it's a long run, then I feel totally relaxed because my body has spent that energy. Yeah. And that's how I start to tap into that deep joy of Christ. That's good. That's good. Anybody else? Thanks, Mark. What would that look like for you? Simply, what brings you delight? Yes, sir. So, Got a mic for you. I would say that my, one of my deepest delights and joys would be to turn off my uh, devices and uh, take a relax from the world for the day and <laughs> uh, find my joy in the Lord and, yeah. and, and look at his love, his deepest love for me, and um, delight myself in the Lord, that he'll answer the desires of my heart. Good. And uh, so that I can pursue the evening with uh, peace and joy. Um, That's good. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Okay, honest question. For how many of you that was a difficult question? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Why? What was challenging about that? For those that it was, what would you? What did you find challenging about dreaming about delight? Okay, here's a, here's a hand right here. So 
the first thing that popped up for me was read. But I thought, oh, that's not spiritual enough. Because I don't necessarily want to read, like, spiritual books. So. I just was afraid my answers weren't, like, good enough. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. Well, I appreciate the honesty. That's good. No. But let me tell you, though, it's not about that. What might be a very, for me, would it be a good Sabbath? My wife can testify to this. Me sitting down with a fiction novel and just going to that other world. I just passed on a whole bunch of books that I've read like that to my son. and He's really enjoying them. That brings me joy and delight. Yeah. Who else was it difficult? What was hard about it? Yes, sir. My man, Ken. Yeah. I think for, hello, testing. Oh, cool. I think for me, the hard part is I'm just so spread thin that I think lately I don't really know what it means to go deep into anything. Mm. So I enjoy a lot of things, but I don't go really deep into any of them. So mm. that's good. Thanks, brother. That's good. Anybody else? Why was that difficult? Oh, you got one? Miss Lisa. I think that. The difficulty for me would be untangling, separate, pursuing my deepest joy and delight versus all the people I'm responsible for. Mm. And my deepest joy and delight might not look like what seven other people's joy and delight would be <laughs> for that 24 hours. <laughs> That's good. So, yes. figuring that out. Yes, spoken from a, a loving mom. I hear you. Well, you mentioned a good word that helps me, Sister Lisa separating. My wife and I have found on our journey there's uh, this idea of healthy togetherness and healthy separateness. There are things that a family can find Sabbath delight in as a family. Like, like, like you mentioned, Lauren, you know, getting into that world with your daughter. You know, because so often we are trying to get separation, but it may not be in a healthy way. But you need it. It's a real thing. So dream a little bit about what would it look like to have healthy separation. For us, it meant setting up some conversation about boundaries. So there are times we'll do Sabbath together for a few hours, and then there are things we'll ask, so what do you have on your mind for Sabbath today? So that we can honor that and allow the other person to receive that. This is good communication. Yeah. So Lauren, sister, doctor. Um, there are, I'm sure, more reasons why this is a difficult thing. Um, why don't you share with us what you found in your studying and searching as some big reasons why people miss out on Sabbath. Yeah, sure. So I've learned uh, there are three reasons, really, uh, that we deprioritize Sabbath. Um, and many of what you shared and maybe what was on, on your heart or in your mind, if you didn't share, uh, might fall under these three categories. So pride, distractions, and fear. Um, so when you think about pride, you know, we, and, and me, I'm, I'm very guilty of this, very proud of my busyness, we boast about it, uh, we're proud that we can sh shoulder great responsibility, you know, I'm proud of 
being a super mom, or at least trying to be. Um, I, I experienced pride around being what I'd call a high capacity person. You know, I can handle a lot, I can do a lot. Um, but that's pride, and, and the dark side of this pride is that I, I secretly, or not so secretly, actually believe I can sort of outmaster or out, uh, sort of figure out um, what my fate is or what uh, God's plan might be, um, and that I could achieve something that other people have failed to achieve. Um, uh, yeah, and, and, and that uh, the invitation to rest and delight in Sabbath, I think, yanks us off our high horse, yanks me off my high horse around that. Uh, distractions, we're easily, easily distracted and dis- surrounded by drama, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. Um, we can't focus because there's so much activity. There's phones, there's social media, there's news, there's stimulation, especially in the Bay Area. There is always somewhere to go, um, somewhere to see, or s- someone to be with. It just never ends. It's constant. Um, for me, the distraction was um, my work um, and also being in community. Um, and, and practicing an experiment with Sabbath meant I had to say a no a lot more to a lot of people, which um, meant running the risk of disappointing them, which is something I had to do consciously. Um, yeah, over time, uh, I think when we are that distracted, we, we start to miss what God has for us. Um, and uh, we, what he has for us gets blurred by our lack of focus and sort of distraction to the things around us. Um, and this, this is where I think it gets really real for me, yeah. uh, is fear, the third thing being fear. Um, I think, and, and this is true for me and I've learned for others, that we're afraid of what we might find inside of ourselves or what God will have for us if we actually slow down to listen to him and to do what he wants. Um, and there's something about being terrified of being unproductive. Certainly I was terrified of being unproductive, that, that I was sort of had wrapped up in my head that I was what I was accomplishing um, in my high-capacity supermomness, um, and that I wasn't separating it out. Um, for me, uh, running, I was afraid to process some, some pretty deep grief and loss related to a few things in my life, both related to my work and also uh, the delivery of my daughter was a fairly traumatic one for me. Um, and I, was, I had avoided sort of thinking about that and processing that because I knew it was going to be hard. It was going to hurt. Um, and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> um, and I, I, being in community uh, allowed me to kind of say, and, and in my work too, that I was putting other people first. I was putting other people first. But really that meant I was putting other people before my time with God so that I could vo- avoid the work he wanted to do with me. Um, so I was striving to prove as well that, you know, as long as I was keeping busy, I would be able to outrun the things that my internal voice, the things that God hadn't worked out for me yet, um, that I was never good enough, I was never safe enough, perfect enough, extraordinary enough, nor could I ever be successful enough. Um, and I was trying to outrun those things, uh, having to, to grapple with them. So... I think uh, if I was going to sum that up, I would say I was avoiding acknowledging that I was putting what the world, my boss, what others thought of me was actually more important than God's love for me at those times. And that was a huge aha moment I had in this journey. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. That's really good. Because I really believe you can give me a why answer, but I'm the why guy. I'll ask why. So you can keep going beneath the surface 
and ask yourself, what are you striving for? So that's another reflection question, a few that I want you to, they're on your paper, uh, on the back, some reflection questions. What are you striving for? What is driving you to strive? And how does what is driving you to get, how does that get in the way of slowing down to be with God and to practice Sabbath? I'm going to give you just a few seconds to ponder on that. I'm thankful that there isn't like a right answer or even one that you have to have right now. There's time. We have a God that's long-suffering and gentle and patient, very patient with us. Can you receive God's patience? We're going to, again, slow down for this week and next week. I want to next week go a little deeper and spend a little time maybe laying out some, some rails for you to get your hands on. But Lauren, why don't you share with us, um, we've got a few minutes, a few, just some ways that you've learned to shape your Sabbath. Yeah, yeah sure. how does that look? Sure. Um, it's important to create a container. And by container, I mean that you've done some advanced planning, that you have some boundaries around um, that day. It might mean that you need to do some very practical things to prepare during the week uh, to be able to protect that day. For me, that means I run all my errands during the week. I do not run errands between Friday night and Saturday night on my Sabbath. And that's one example. Um, finding or making the time for it can be really hard, that separation you were talking about. So sometimes for me, uh, uh, that involves working with Greg to, to carve out some time to, to be by myself with God. Sometimes that means we're doing it as a family. Sometimes that means we're getting childcare and we do something else. Um, uh, setting intention for the day is important. Um, the Upshaws uh, light a candle um, to start their Sabbath, um, and I tend to do a reading of some kind um, where I'm focused on the Lord. June uh, does this really beautiful thing sometimes when she wakes up on Saturday morning, and she does this dance, and she goes, it's Saturday, it's Saturday. Um, <laughs> And, and she's doing that because she's uh, anticipating the joy of the day, you know? And so I have this in my mind that if only I would, like, get to the place where I wake up and I'm like, it's Sabbath, it's Sabbath. <laughs> and then I start doing some little jig um, when I get out of bed. Um, but to really sort of hallmark the start of that day is, is the point there. Um, the other pieces uh, of structuring or shaping your Sabbath time are three. You know, resting the body. Those are about activities that rest and replenish your body, and that would maybe replace the, thing, the things you would do where you would normally be working. So that's your nap, your bike ride, your walking, your long run, um, bubble bath, eating, savoring, and delighting in your favorite foods, um, sitting in the sun, etc. You want to replenish your spirit. Uh, so those are activities that renew you and bring you joy. It's not about things that stimulate you or just fill your time, but really those things that replenish you. For me, that's being outside, that's cooking, that's playing with my family. Um, or being a part of another person's joy in some way. 
Um, for me, television and technology are not replenishing. Uh, they are distractions for me. So in my Sabbath, um, my phone goes in silent, on silent and is put away, often in a drawer. Um, and, and so I am disconnecting um, from the world around me during Sabbath. Um, uh, yeah, and I often will have to say no to social events or community events um, that, for whatever reason, I might not find replenishing or restful, um, and so I do have to say no, um, and that's part of uh, protecting that, like, replenishment time. And then the third thing is restoring the soul, and, and that's where contemplation with solitude, silence, and stillness with God comes in for me. It's where um, folks might meditate or pray or, or, pray or praise, invite God um, to join in the time with you. Uh, for some, that'll involve being with others, um, and for some, that won't, and that's, that's okay. Uh, that's between you and God, how to structure your time. Um, and I would, I would just posit, or, or I've learned uh, others posit, you know, if you are spending time with people on your Sabbath, are you making it uh, less about just being together and being in community, but, but actually celebrating God's glory in the practice of Sabbath on that day? Um, and to do that with intention is different than um, just spending time with one another. And so, yeah. That's a lot of good stuff, sis. Um, <laughs> Got my head spinning, I am. Uh, <laughs> well, takeaways, some things, because this is a, um, a life, I love it, it's in the word, Sabbath practice. That practice word gives you room to experiment, mm -hmm. to practice. So how would you help us with that? Yeah. Ways to experiment and keep on the learning journey with Sabbath. Yep. I think there are, uh, there are some things you can do to experiment with Sabbath, and I would encourage you to just try it. Just try it. Um, so the first thing you can do is learn more. Um, besides, you know, the Bible primarily is where I started this journey, but also I've, I've read a lot about Sabbath from various authors. I found that um, Dan Allender wrote a Sabbath book uh, in his Ancient Practice series. Um, this is probably my favorite a sort of supplemental text to the Bible for this, and, and also Ruth Haley Barton's Sacred Rhythms has some great information about Sabbath um, that I really liked. The other thing you can do, or the next thing you can do, is identify specific blocks of time. Um, when might your Sabbath work for you? And maybe that's a weekday, uh, depending on what you're up to. Uh, review your list of ideas. So the idea of, like, what would you do in that 24-hour block of time? Uh, what are those things? Uh, prepare in advance if that means you have to set up things, you know, during the other days of the week to protect that day, and uh, then think about that. Um, defining protection strategies, for me, that's putting my phone away and sort of disconnecting from technology, but maybe you have other ideas of how to protect that day. Uh, and then access support. Um, and that was, that was a big one for me, is, is um, finding those folks that are willing to come alongside me and, and grappling with and experimenting with Sabbath and really trying it on um, and, and holding me accountable yeah. to, to what I was trying to do. Um, so there is one quote from Ruth Haley yeah. Barton. Uh, she says this in Sacred Rhythms that, I, that it really resonated with me. And she said, don't make Sabbath a weighty exercise. Explore it with delight as though you and God are learning together how to make a special day for both of you. Then be as intentional about protecting it as you can be, but do not become rigid or legalistic about it, which ruins the spirit of the day. Um, she also says that rigidity in your Sabbath uh, actually is kind of the enemy or destroys delight. And so um, 
Um, I want to close in prayer. Uh, I want to first pray over you, sis, after you're pouring out into us. Appreciate that. Uh, but then I, something you may want to share with us, I think would be good. Yeah. Gracious God, thank you. Thank you for your um, deep, slow work that you do with each of us because you love us, we're your beloved. And so I thank you for our sister, your daughter, beloved daughter, Lauren. Uh, thank you for her beautiful daughter, June, as a reminder of joy and delight. Thank you for my brother, Greg, and their marriage and union. I pray you'll continue to bless the Crutzingers, oh God. I pray that you'll grant them favor as they go as you continue to open doors for them to be a blessing to the nations. Thank you for the honor and privilege of, of sitting with her today and receiving from her. I pray that the seed that's been sown find good soil on hearts that are open to receive, and that it may produce fruit that will bless and be for eternity. In Jesus' name, thank you. So I suppose I'll, I'll end us with, uh, yes. with a prayer that I often uh, start my Sabbath time with um, and sometimes revisit throughout the day if I can and when I can. Um, this is adapted from Ted Lauder's Girl is of Grace. Um, and uh, yeah, if you'll just maybe close your eyes and I'll read it out for us. Holy One, there is something I wanted to tell you. But there have been errands to run, bills to pay, arrangements to make, meetings to attend, friends to entertain, washing to do. And I forget what it is I wanted to say to you. And mostly, I forget what I'm about or why. Eternal one, there is something I wanted to tell you. But my mind races with worrying and watching, with weighing and planning. And my attention is preoccupied with loneliness, with doubt, and with things I covet. Almighty one, I forget what the real question is that I wanted to ask, and I forget to listen anyway, because you seem unreal and far away, and I forget what it is I have forgotten. Oh, Father in heaven, perhaps you've already heard what I wanted to tell you. What I wanted to ask is, forgive me, heal me, increase my courage, please. What I wanted to ask is, for peace enough to want and work for more, for joy enough to share, and for awareness that is keen enough to sense your presence here, now, there, then, always. Amen. Amen.